Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Tell your neighbor, what a church. What a beautiful church. Yeah, you have come to a, a very <laughs> powerful church. If this is your first time, you're about to experience a very life-changing message for your life. Hallelujah. The Bible says the word of God is perfect. It is flawless. And it converts the soul. Hallelujah. Today, we are about to be changed by the word of God. And the word is about to be preached by an anointed servant of the Lord. I want you to put your hands together to welcome our pastor. Put your hands together for E.S. Joy. Put your hands together. Two, two. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Very interesting testimonies this morning. Amen. Ask your neighbor, what's your testimony? I want you to tell your neighbor one thing God has done for you. Something, something. It cannot be that you've existed all this time and he hasn't made a mark upon your life. I mean, how? How? And for those of you who don't know, Pastor Hope is married to Happy. I cannot imagine. powerful <laughs> amen uh, well, it's nice to see that you are married no it's true the Lord changes your mind and and you see the Bible says as a man thinketh so is he so when your thinking is wrong it generates a lot of issues for you hey you are very quiet yeah it generates a lot of issues so we just want to thank God for those powerful testimonies. I want everyone to stand to your feet. Some of you, you are young and lazy. Rise up, rise up. You can stand. You can stand unless you don't have legs. All right. Okay. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you that we will hear your word. Touch us, Lord. Spirit of God, take over and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Find your Bible. You see, I want us to go back to the actual Bible, not the soft Bible, the actual Bible, so that you'll know the books in the Bible and stop looking for Habakkuk after re revelations. <laughs> Let's make our confession. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. So help me God. Amen and amen. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. It's been a powerful service. Wow. We are blessed to be able to go to church. Amen. 
I just want to remind everyone that we are chopping Easter here. I said we are what? Chopping Easter here. Good Friday, we're going to be here. Is it 2 p.m. or 3 p.m.? Okay. <laughs> and we're going to be spend our afternoon here. Amen. And if you are wise, you'll come early so you don't have to sit outside. We're going to do our best to find a screen that can be watched during the day, but I think inside is better. Yeah, than outside. So force and be here on time. And then on Easter Sunday, we'll be here. I still, I'm not sure whether it's one service or two, but as for this service, you are safe. Because if it is one, it is at this time. And if it is two, this one will still be on. So you dear, no problem. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Easter is the most important time of the church's calendar. Many people think it is Christmas, but it's actually Easter. You know, because Christmas celebrates the, the, the birth of Christ. But every religion has somebody who is born. But only one person gave his life for the people who believe in him. And that was Jesus. And this was something he did at Easter. It is Easter that brings us the hope. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, otherwise, they should crucify us. You, you too, they should crucify you for your sin. Not only me. Tell your neighbor, not only me, but you too. Yeah. But we are not crucified for our wrongdoing because we have access to righteousness through Jesus. Amen. Put your hands together for him. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We've been talking about a great change, isn't it? Oh, have you lost your voice? <laughs> have you lost your voice? I don't think so. Amen. So this Christmas, this Easter, you really want to be in church and we want to really remember, you know, what the Lord is doing for us. And I want to greet those of you who join us online. I've been quite surprised. I thought that once the um, lockdown was over and church returns, then we wouldn't need to do online. But I noticed that you are there week after week. And so we want to acknowledge your presence and God bless you for joining us. Put your hands together as we welcome them. Amen and amen. Seven great principles for a great change. I want to believe this, that last week that we'll be talking about the great change for now. But it's very, very important because when you come to the Lord, you need to see that some things in your life have changed. Amen? And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a new dress or a new pair of shoes. I'm talking about the things that nobody on the outside can influence in your life. The, the inner things. There must be a change. And any change that you see that is lasting, it belongs on, it happens on the inside before it comes out. Amen. And so we were, we were looking at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 that said that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You are new, but your hair, if it was green, is still green. If you are fat, you are still fat. You are slim, you are still slim. It's talking about something inside of you that is new. And it says the old one has passed away. So when you say something has passed away, it has died. The old you, the old you is gone. Behold, all things are become new. So the Lord has already implemented a change in you that has started from the inside. Now it's got to reflect on the outside. Amen. Oh, I said Amen. You would be surprised how people take courage or, uh, you know, they're either lifted up or put down based on what they see from us. Yeah, based on what they see from us. And sometimes like me, I don't mind anybody. You should mind somebody. Yeah, you should mind because your life is a book to somebody. 
your life displays Christ to somebody or the absence of Christ to somebody. Hey, hallelujah. So we talked about the fact that after you're born again, a great change will come if you grow up spiritually. And I hope you are growing up spiritually. <clears throat> Tell your neighbor that prayer is part of the growing up spiritually. Have you been praying? Prayer, prayer. <clears throat> and please, I'm tired. Tiredness is also part of life. So if you look at tiredness, you will not pray. Hmm. Ask your neighbor, when was the last time God heard from you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there? Yeah. It's not only that, but your, the word of God as well. After you are born again, a great change will come in your line, life if you renew your mind with the word of God. Amen. Our minds really, really need to be renewed. If not, you return back to base. So if you are just doing something, you're just pretending, or you are doing it because somebody will ask you or because somebody will bother you, it's not good enough. Amen? It must be because your mind has really changed. Your mind has really changed. And sometimes when you see somebody whose life is up and down, their life with God is up and down. Today I'm in church, the next two weeks I'm not. Up and down. It's because their mind has not really changed. So the person may be born again, but the mind has not really changed. And the mind needs to change. The mind is a very powerful organ. If you want to know how powerful the mind is, you should look at a madman walking. Many of them are physically very fit. If you like, challenge them to a battle. You are finished. They will beat you to pieces, but their mind is the problem. You remember the story, I don't know if it was in this service or the other one that I shared, a race that was going to take place, and there was one guy whose mind was not okay. He was physically very strong and could have won that match, but as they took off, as they took off, he started to go backwards. That's the end. Please, this young guy, if he cannot sit up in the church, maybe he's too young and he must go over there. Uh-huh. We have a place for those who are tired in the service and need to sleep. Are you there? So the mind is very powerful. So when the word of God is in your mind, you are another person. Are you with me? You see Jesus fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Already you must be a very strong-minded person already to do that one. But when he finished, the person he met first was the devil. In fact, the one tormenting him there those 40 days was the devil. And when he was done, it was the devil who came. Now, you see that as soon as the devil started his things, Jesus just balanced him with the word. Hey, you are quiet. I said, Jesus just what? Balanced him with the word. Yeah. The mind. Have you not noticed when you start to fear a disease, you begin to feel all the symptoms? <clears throat> I don't want to ask how many people thought they had corona. Yeah, you see, there's just the mind, you know. Then all of a sudden, the throat does not sore. Then suddenly, my throat is sore. Suddenly, you say that, hey, I have a fever. Suddenly, it's your mind that is working. It's working. And the doctors will tell you that they face it often. Sometimes they come against a case, and then when they go by, they say that, hey, Jama, I can feel a lump. <laughs> 
and the mind is doing things. But when you are able to bring your mind, it's full of the word of God, you see that some things automatically come out of you. Automatically. For instance, an idea comes that is not of God. You quickly, what's the word? Yeah, with the word. You just hit it back. You are not landing here. You are not landing here. Amen. Amen. Recently, one of my sons was not very well. And as he went to the hospital, they were looking for what is wrong, what is wrong, what is wrong, what is wrong, what is wrong. And then they began to say some things. Tell your neighbor some things. As soon as he said, I just, even before I could think about it, I'd fired back a response. We are not receiving this, this, this problem. Hey. Because if you don't take care, they will confess all kinds of things over you. Oh, I think it is a... And you see, the things they were saying were things that they will spoil your life. No, 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 no. I'm not accepting. No. No, no, he said, oh, so they were saying, he himself is a believer. So when they say he should go and do the test, he said, I'm coming. He just went round. Round, 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 I'm not doing it. Are you there? But as the word lives in you, it just hits back against something that God has not purposed for you. And you begin to grow. You begin to change. I shared with you also that a great change will come if you listen to a lot of preaching. Learn to have preaching going on in your house. The Bible says that the devil is walking around. Are you there? Looking for somebody to chew. Are you there? When he arrives at your door, what will be on? The word is just on. The word is what? Just on. Yeah. Instead of FM. Oh, but pastor, I need to know the news. It's true. Put it on, listen to the news, and go on to something else. Switch on your, don't leave it all the time. You will be surprised at the power that it has. Hey, the people are quiet again. I said, listen to a lot of preaching. What you listen to, it really affects you. How many years ago did 9-11 happen in the U.S.? I think 2000 and what? 2001. And I remember that I had to travel based on my work. At the time, I was not a full-time pastor. Within a month of that incident, and I traveled all the way to the U.S. And honestly, it didn't occur to me to be afraid. It didn't occur to me. Then we were given the work we had to do. And for the first week, you had to just sit in your hotel room and sort out the papers that were given to understand the work. So for a week, one was just reading and writing. So I left CNN on. Hmm. And at that time, what was CNN full of? It was full of what had happened. Are you there? So after a full day of soaking in <clears throat> CNN, it was time to go to bed. And just as I got up, I had not realized that the plane's pass, you see, the, the building was very high. So the plane was just outside my window. Do you understand fear? The fear that caught me. And I realized it was from what had been coming to me through the whole day. Because at that time, they still didn't know fully. So it must have been less than a month. They didn't still know fully what they were dealing with. I was so afraid. Eh? I wanted to take the lift and go downstairs. <laughs> that if anything at all, this upstairs is not good. But I had flown all the way from Ghana. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? All the way there, how many hours? No fear. How come now that I'm on solid ground? Then I realize it's this box. I say, I'm done with you. 
Amen. So many times the things you are listening to are filling you with other things. So why not put the word of God there? As you put the word of God there, something will, you know, enter you. Something will stick there. You say, oh, I'm busy. I said, just let it be prayer. I didn't say that you should be writing notes even. Just let it be there, filling the atmosphere. Safeguard your atmosphere. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Because the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by what? Thank you so much. So be addicted to listening to preaching. Then I shared with you to change your friends. Did I share that in this service? Yeah. Change your friends. Hey. Change your friends. We don't know more than the word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, verse, verse 33, it says that what? Don't, don't be, it says, don't be deceived, don't be misled. Then it goes on to say that bad company. What did Pastor Ho tell us when he went into the university? He wasn't drinking, no. Now you have re, you were a malt drinker. Then you reached the place where cotton. Hey. Charlie. Let me tell you something. Every bad thing in your life, somebody introduced you to it, and many times it's a friend. Yeah. It's a friend. One day I'll share with you the ten fathers of your life. The last father is your father in sin. And that's the person who has introduced you to something. Your father in sin. The person has introduced you to something that you, you would never have done it. The first girl you slept with, the first guy you slept with, is that at the instigation of your friends. It's your friends who tell you that it's a shameful thing to be a virgin. <laughs> so change them. Hey. Are you there? Say, oh, they don't do anything. You'll be surprised. The mocking that they mock when you are going to church, the things that they say, it's like a constant dripping. Ta, ta, ta. And you don't know that it's affecting you, but it is. You used to hold your Bible as you are going to church. You just be holding it free of charge as you are going. You see that this one is even yellow. So when you're not looking, Christ calling you. Are you there? But after they have spoken to you, suddenly you begin to put it under your arm. Or put it inside your bag so nobody will see. You see, they are already affecting you. They are already affecting you. The kind of friend who makes you ashamed to be a Christian should not be in your life. It's as simple as that. Doesn't matter if it is a blood relative. Cut. Otherwise, it will affect you. It will affect you. Amen. And Pastor, are you saying that uh, we should quarrel with them? Did you hear quarrel? As you live your Christian life, they will fall off. Yeah, it's because it is hidden. That's why they can be there with you. Hey. Amen. The friend who comes and is gossiping all the time with you. There, 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 just, just. She should come and hear some message. She will not return. She will not return. You realize that? In fact, she will add it to her gossiping pile. <laughs> Hallelujah. But today, I want us to just talk about the Holy Spirit because the next point we were on says that after you are born again, a great change will come into your life when you are endured with, endured with the power of the Holy Spirit. And point seven, you have a great change in life if you learn how to pray and speak in tongues. Amen. Are you in the house this afternoon? Ask your neighbor, are you there? And so I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. When you come and give your life to Christ, there is an automatic seal of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Amen? That means there's something there that marks you out as belonging to the Lord. 
that is fine. However, it may not be that it is that you have, there's a mark, but you have not accepted him in a certain way. And I want to show you a couple of things today from the Bible. Are you okay? Oh, you are sad. Let's go to the book of Acts. This book that they called Acts of the Apostles probably should have been called Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because that's when you see him in full, um, I almost said full regalia. <laughs> but that's when you see him fully. First, let's go to Acts chapter 19, I believe. Let me use this one that doesn't blow with the air. Because I can see that. <laughs> Acts 19. Sometimes they call him Holy Spirit. Sometimes they call him Holy Ghost. I'm not so sure why the word ghost. But it's not bad. <laughs> it will probably help you to understand it a little more. Are you there? Yeah, you're so quiet. I'm just wondering what's going on with you. I want us to go to Acts 19 first because it's a very remarkable scripture there. Okay. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy, the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And some of us who are here today, that's where you are. You have not so much as heard. Amen? He said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? Hallelujah. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Are you seeing it? And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul has met these people who were believers, all right, but they never knew who the Holy Spirit was. Are you there? And some of us are like that. It is possible to be a believer and not know anything about what he does. Wow. I'm just sharing with you what the Bible says. As for today, we are doing plenty open to, open to, open to. So don't get tired. Open to, open to. <laughs> so let's go to Acts 1. Now, I, I cannot re-preach because it's a very big subject. I want to just direct you to our podcast, to my podcast, and to say to you that um, it gives you another angle of the Holy Spirit so that I can preach this other angle too. Is that all right? Otherwise, if I try to do the whole thing in one service, it doesn't work. Now, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said something. Let's read from verse 7. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts 
of the earth. Now, this was a very interesting thing. Here were some people, they had walked with Jesus for three years. And then Jesus went and was crucified and he rose again and he gave them a commission. He gave them a job. He said, you people, let everybody know about me. Let everyone know about me. Then he told them, but don't leave yet. Stay here in Jerusalem. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come in the dimension that Jesus had taught about in John 14 and John 16. In John chapter 14, he had told them, I have to go. As I'm going, somebody else will come. But remember that the Holy Spirit is still part of God and he was already at work in Christ. But he wasn't in everybody. So he was now telling them, the Holy Spirit is now coming. When he comes, the first thing you receive is power. One of the reasons why it is difficult for us to live as Christians is because of the absence of this dimension of the Holy Spirit. When he's not there, you need power to become it, to live as a Christian. You need everybody who's going this way. And you alone, you say, are going this way. If you don't have power, when you see everybody going this way, will you not turn and follow? Yeah. You turn and follow. And he's saying that the only way that you will not turn and follow is for the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon you. Then he told them that when he comes, you will witness so one of the very strong, um, should I say, one of the things that makes you, it so clear that the Holy Spirit is with you is the ease with which you witness. The ease with which Jesus is even obvious in your life. Sometimes even without you opening your mouth. Sometimes just your presence. You notice that they want to speak profane in the office, but when you are there, they say, hmm, wabo. <laughs> they start calling or something while you have never told them that you have written post exam. <laughs> you have never told them anything. But all of a sudden, there's a certain conviction that comes upon people when you are there. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Spirit. As young ladies, when you are walking down the road and the guys begin to whistle at you, are you there? Then you feel that, oh, I'm very fine. <laughs> but you will notice that when you give your life to Christ, that whistling stops. Is it that your beauty has gone? No. Suddenly, something else is working. As they are whistling to you, at you, no, your demons have attracted their demons. <laughs> Deep colored to deep hey. <laughs> no 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 there are some people who should not whistle at you no 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 <sighs> meanwhile there you are young lady they don't whistle at you and you are crying it's because there's nothing in you that is attracting that kind of demon it's a kind of guy who whistles at a girl oh come on Come on. <laughs> I said it's a kind of guy who whistles at a girl. Pastor Hope, at that time, could you not whistle at a girl? Today, do you whistle at girls? Ah. And, oh, but it's because he's sitting by his wife. Don't bring yourself. <laughs> Amen. Are you in the house? Are you getting what I'm trying to explain to you? 
Yeah. He says, you'll be my witnesses first where you are, then in the area around you, then far away. It says what? Jerusalem. Judea, Ejusu, Samaria, Accra, the uttermost parts of the earth. Everywhere you go, everywhere that you go. Hallelujah. Everywhere that you go. Now, in Acts chapter 2, we now then get what is the history of the day of Pentecost. Finally, the Holy Spirit has come in the dimension that God wanted him to come to be there for us. So he arrives and the Bible says that they saw something like tongues of fire over people and they began to speak in other tongues. Speaking in tongues is one of the signs of his presence. It's not the only thing he does. Many of us have equated the Holy Spirit to tongues. And if I speak in tongues, I can do anything else. And No, no, no. It's just one of the signs. It's just one. It's just one. It is, if you like, the gateway. And when you don't speak in tongues, you can't pray for a long time. Because the mind, dear, it can only pray for so long and no longer. Very soon, we're going to have one of our marathon 36-hour prayer times. Yeah. And I'm going to wait until the students are doing exams. They cannot be here, and you will be inside. Because town church, when they are here, then you are dodging. Hey, you see how the room is quiet? I said, you see how the room is quiet? You know that, oh, if the students are there, the room will be full anyway, so they will not see us. So when your laziness comes, small pair. Tell your neighbor they are talking to you. <laughs> so we will have the 36 hours. We'll start Friday, 6 a.m. We'll pray through the day. We'll continue through the night. We'll continue through Saturday. And we'll end Saturday, 6 p.m. And you will be here. <laughs> Amen. And I can promise you one thing. If you don't speak in tongues, it will be so difficult. Because your mind cannot keep going for 36 hours like that. Of course, you have time to... You see, it's an, an, it is the prayer is going on. When you feel that I need to go to the washroom, you go, you come. When you feel that I need a few hours of sleep, you go, you come. But if I were you, I'll try to clock as many of those 36 hours. Yeah. Every time we have done it, every time I've led the church to do it, people have seen very marvelous things happening. Yeah, one of the first times we did it, there was a young girl, we were in Tamale, she was a twin. And somewhere, her life was moving on, somewhere around her SHS, something just knocked her life and the whole life just disintegrated into pieces. She couldn't do her exam. She got some high fever. She came home. She repeated the exam. The sickness came back. She still didn't make it. I think about two or three times. Then we had the 36 hours. And I remember asking, you know, just for fun, I asked who has prayed the longest. I wanted to give them a gift. And as we looked, that young lady, because the sessions are led by people. So everybody said, oh, she was here throughout my session. And she herself wrote 33 hours. That means she had slept for three hours. Yeah, but I'm happy to tell you, she had her breakthrough. Yeah, she had her breakthrough. The illness, that thing disappeared. She did her exams. She passed her wasi. Today, as I'm speaking to you, she's married to a beautiful pastor. She has her children. Her life came back together again just from a certain marathon prayer. So we'll do it. But what I'm saying to you is that, and if you don't speak in tongues, don't feel bad. Still come. But what I'm saying is you can't. <sighs> 
Can you talk for 36 hours? The brain is working for 36 hours. It doesn't work like that. The brain gets tired. But when you are speaking in tongues, okay, let me not get ahead of my preaching. <laughs> Let's go there. Are you in the house? Ask your neighbor. Neighbor? The tongues know how. What do your neighbor say? Never mind you. <laughs> Let's go to First um, Corinthians fourteen, from verse two. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him; howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Are you seeing it? So the tongues you are speaking, you don't understand it. But between you and God, God is understanding what you are saying. I said God is understanding what you are saying. Amen. Let's continue to verse 4. In verse 4, it says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Then it goes on to talk about those who prophesy. But when you are speaking in tongues, quite apart from the fact that you are speaking up to God, you are also building yourself up. I need you to look at it like a battery that is discharged. Then you start to charge it. 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 Power is coming. Power is coming. Power is coming. Power is coming. Hallelujah. He edifies himself. So it, this is just one of the gifts that has been given to us, but it's a very precious gift. Amen. If you wake up early in the morning to pray, you'll notice that it is easier to slide into tongues first. And as you wake up and things, and the brain is now doing, ta -ta 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 -ta, your brain is now trying to, or you, you wake up with your brain already functioning. <laughs> For many of us, the brain needs a little time for the eyes to wake up. But you see that the spirit is always, always praying. Are you there? And it edifies yourself, strengthens yourself, builds up yourself. Are you in the house? I said, are you in the house? So if you don't speak in tongues, do not waste time feeling guilty. It's not from what you have done. It is that sometimes your mind is in the way. You know, he's saying, but how can I speak in a language that I don't understand? How can I start it and stop it? But if I start speaking again now, I'll start it and stop it. He says that the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. And sometimes you need to stay with the scriptures and read over, read over, read over, read over in order to get past the barrier of your mind. Are you here? And so never stop desiring never stop desiring one of the things that we'll be doing because we have sessions like that for people who have just given their lives to christ and then they take them aside and pray for them to receive the holy spirit and soon i'll start to give you those dates so that you can join if you don't speak in tongues keep on don't let go don't stop don't stop just keep on saying that ah lord you said that this thing you will give me this gift i really need it and i really want it hallelujah put your hands together for the lord but let's go back to the book of Acts. Let's go back to the book of Acts because there are some very interesting observations there. Very, very interesting. So let's go to Acts chapter 15. 
Now, in Acts chapter 15, there was an issue that had come up in the church. You see, tell anybody that asked for church quarrels, it's not today. <laughs> and church issues, it's not today. And yeah, it's not today. So don't be too worried about it. It has been there from time immemorial. What had happened was that you now had Gentiles or people who were not Jews who had given their life to Christ. Are you there? Remember that it was the Jews who were circumcised. That was the agreement God had with them. It was not something that was in the culture of the Gentiles, the Greeks, the Romans, and all the other people around them. So a time came when the, some of the Jews began to say that if you are not circumcised, you cannot be saved. Meanwhile, Jesus never said that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but this was because of their culture. And before you dismiss it and say that they, 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 they were mistaken, please think about the effect of your culture on you. Uh -huh. Just think about it. Yeah, just think about it. You realize that we are all affected by our culture. Yeah, we're all affected by our culture. Hey, church is quiet again. We are all affected by our culture. If you want to know how affected we are, remove it and see. I had a friend who under some unfortunate circumstances could not be engaged because when the man's people came to her people, her mother rejected the things. Yeah, so she couldn't be engaged. In those days, we were all unbelievers. And we had just finished school. And she got pregnant. When she got pregnant, the man was on his way to UK. And the man came to her mother and said, you have a choice. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Your daughter is pregnant. I wanted to marry her. Your daughter is pregnant. I'm on my way to the UK. Either you agree or I walk. <laughs> so <laughs> the mom agreed. But it meant because of the nearness of time that they couldn't reconvene with the relatives to do the engagement, so the proper thing. So they just went, signed, had a priest there, did whatever, and then she left. Till today, I finished school 40 years ago next year. Till today, we have classmates who believe she's not married and that she had children outside of her marriage. You are very quiet. Such is the force of culture. It is the meeting of the families that indicates that a marriage has happened. Yeah. That's why even though we are a church and we say, come, let us bless your marriage, you can't come for us to bless it if the families have not met. They have to meet first. If they have not met, in fact, when you come, we'll even ask the father, have they done everything? Have they brought everything that you asked? If not, please, please, we don't want trouble. I'm just saying that that's the strength of the culture. So don't judge these men too harshly. Day two, it was like the sign that you and God were together, no? Was, was the sign of circumcision. So these guys woke up and said, if you are going to become a Christian and you are a Greek man, we must circumcise you. You can imagine how frightening it must be because it's not your culture. If you are a Roman, if you are a Ghanaian, that's your account. <laughs> are you with me? If not, you cannot be saved. So the church, the leaders took it as a very serious issue and decided to deliberate on it, pray about it, and then send a message, because this was a church in a particular area. Listen to the message that they sent. They wrote letters. They sent it by those who, you know, 
the people, I mean, that they were sending after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greetings unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. You see, so these were the Gentile churches. For as much as we have heard that certain went out from us and have troubled you with words subverting your souls and saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord. Come and give me a moment. To send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than the necessary things that you abstain from meats offered to idols, from blood, from strangled things, and from fornication. If you do these things, you do well. Fare you well. Let me explain. Uh, starting from Pastor Hope. Uh -huh. These three pastors come. And then... Uh, Rev. One, please come. Uh, Pastor Russell, join us. Powerful. Good. Good. Um, can I have some ashes who are very fast to bring me one, two, three, four, five, six chairs? If you have fast, just six chairs. Uh, the race is on. <laughs> That's it. Okay, thank you. Please sit in a circle. It's a meeting. Or oh, in a semicircle, it's a meeting. Oh, I need just six chairs. <laughs> no, no, six chairs. Six chairs. Good. So, please, if you can show them on the screen, it will help us. Okay. I want you to understand something. These guys understood the Holy Spirit. We live as though the Holy Spirit is something, something, something. But to these guys, they believed that the Holy Spirit was a person. And so what they are saying here in verse 28 was that the council of elders met. Pastor Danny, Pastor David, Pastor Hope, Pastor uh, uh, Reverend Isaac, and um, Pastor Russell. They met. Then they wrote a letter to the church, to the churches. And they said... It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit, who we could not see, but who was number six or number nine or number ten in our meeting. As we were meeting, he was also here with us. Because Jesus was the one who told us, it is expedient that, for you that I go. If I don't go, he will not come. He taught us that he will be with us forever. And he told us to fellowship with him. How do you fellowship with somebody you don't talk to? So to these men, he is part of our meeting that we are doing. So when we arrive at our decision, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Mercy. Hmm. I'm reading. The Bible says that 
one, I mean, it's not only once you see something in the Bible. Is there another example? Let's go to Acts 13. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. The same thing. They were having a prayer meeting, like all the prayer meetings that we have here. Do you imagine that the Holy Spirit appeared as a human being? The Bible calls him a spirit. Yet as they continued to pray, whoever brought that message, they didn't even relate, tell us who the person was. What they saw was that that message was from the Holy Spirit. And it was the Holy Spirit who was saying, take this one out, take that one out, and send them. And those who were sent also saw that it's the Holy Spirit who sent them. How come when you are sent to go and start a branch, you say that, hey, they have taken my church from me, and they are sending me. Pastor Joy, she has waited, and when I've built my church, and I'm comfortable. She's now sending me to go and start another church. How come you have not thought that it's the Holy Spirit? How come? I'm just showing you the evidence of him in their lives and how they related to the Holy Spirit as a present person. Remember, some of them were the same people who when Jesus was walking on the earth, they would ask him, teach us how to pray. Now they were aware of the fact that Jesus had left. And he told them that as I'm going, I'm leaving with you the Holy Spirit. So they too, as they are there walking, they are saying that the Holy Spirit is here with us. As we are meeting, the Holy Spirit is here with us. As we are praying, the Holy Spirit is here with us. That is the component of our life that has left, which has caused us so much sweat and trouble that we no longer think that it is the Holy Spirit. We no longer think. We always see it as... A person. And if you follow unbelievers, that's what you will think. Hey, church is quiet again. <laughs> are you in the house? I'm just sharing something with you, something that we are on the verge of losing. When Jesus came, he walked on this earth. He, was, he related to the people. Let's start from Old Testament. Did God the Father not talk to his people? When he had problems with them, didn't he talk through a prophet? Are we not aware of that? When Jesus came, did he not talk to his people? Then Jesus told you, I gotta go. The reason why I have to go is that as I'm on earth here, I'm trapped in a body. And as I'm trapped in this body, I cannot possibly be in Aidiasi and at the same time be in Bantama and at the same time be in Asia. So you let me go so that the spirit who can be everywhere will come. If we will allow ourselves to be a little spiritual, our problems will come down. Yeah. Hey, church is quiet again. As soon as something happens that we don't like, we blame it on a person. But I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is there. 
He speaks through a person and uses a person because he is a spirit. But if you will acknowledge him, you will hear him more and more. In the book of Revelation, they said, hear what the spirit says to the churches. Do you think it was a spirit that came? Then we'll all be shivering like, nah. (laughs) It came through somebody. But they were spiritual enough to understand that that word was coming through God through the Holy Spirit. From God through the Holy Spirit. Last example. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's go to the book of Acts. A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back of the price, his wife also being private to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not in your own power? Why have thou, hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. Peter was sitting there. He was the pastor of the church. And somebody came. He had been seeing people bringing offerings. Said, me too, I'm bringing an offering. I have some land. We have gone to sell the land. Here is the money. Then Peter said to him, why have you allowed Satan? You can see that Satan is also a spirit. And he has influenced the guy to lie. That's why Peter asked him that. "Ah, But this thing, if it was your land, it remained. I didn't tell you to go and sell he didn't need to come and say anything. Then he told him, said, why has he filled your heart to lie, not to me, Peter, but to the Holy Spirit? They walked with him like that. They what? They walked with him like that. They knew his presence was here. As you are in your home, he is there with you. As you are in your home. Because he said he's there. He's not going anywhere. He's with you. Only that you have been ignoring him. Only that. If you just stood in your house and say, Holy Spirit, what should I do about this thing? You will be surprised that an answer will come into your head. Like a thought. Like an idea. Implement it and see. And see whether it was God speaking to you or man. The Holy Spirit. The what? You are waiting until you are in trouble. That's how come you didn't recognize his voice when he spoke to you. But if you understand that he walks with you in your every day. Hey, the church is very quiet. Oh. You can't wake up to do your quiet time. Tell him, please help me. Help me to wake up. Oh, is it a prayer? It's not a prayer. Fellowship, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. 
I'm ending, don't worry. You'll go for lunch soon. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Ghost. What, what, do you, what does it mean to commune? Chat, talk. Please give me another translation. Another translation. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. How do you have an intimate friendship with somebody you never talk to? How do you have an intimate friendship with somebody you are pretending to? An intimate friendship, it can only be described as such when you are yourself before the person. I have two human intimate friends. I talk about everything with them. Everything. Everton. Everton. Everything. Are you there? But even there, there are some things that they are reserved for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You are sitting down there, you are fighting with your mother-in-law. You can't easily say it. You can't easily say it. So go ahead and talk to the Holy Spirit about you, about it. He will show you yourself. I'm ending. One day, I'd had a quarrel with my husband. By this time, I'd been married for about three years. Hey, why? It's you who's an angel, or me, I'm a human being. Uh, so, uh, you are the angels. Uh, I'd had a quarrel. And I was full of righteous indignation. Do you know what righteous indignation is? Charlie, you are so sure that you are right. So I got up to have my quiet time. And in those days, I was just learning how to speak to the Holy Spirit. And I began to talk to him about this man. In fact, I don't understand what is going on. Then I just, you see, <laughs> how does the Holy Spirit speak to you is another whole message. But he can speak to you. It's an idea that drops in your mind. It's a voice that you hear in your ear. It's, it's some, you know, he speaks to you. All of a sudden, I just heard it in my ear. That's all I can say. You are not a submissive wife. I said, hey! <laughs> how, how can you tell me I'm not a submissive, submissive wife? Am I not a Christian? Right there, as I was standing there, three instances dropped in my mind. Pa, one, two, pa, three. Proof proof. The Bible says he will bring to remembrance all the things that you have been taught. Charlie, the Holy Ghost had convinced me that I said, hey, it is true. I began to cry and pray for myself. Ever since then, when my things are coming, because it has not changed my sanguine nature or my cholerism. It hasn't changed. But I have learned the Holy Spirit is there. Holy Spirit, help me. Sometimes in the middle of a conversation, I'll say, I'm coming. Then I go inside the bathroom. Holy Spirit, have you heard what your servant is saying? <laughs> Look, these things, oh, I, I, no, 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 no. You have, to, you have to say something because I'm not understanding at all. I don't get it. By the time I have spent some five, you see, when you are in the washroom too, nobody can tell you, come out and let's continue. They have to wait for you to finish. So, <laughs> by the time I come out, oh, okay, I get what you are saying. It, it's working. It's going to work. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. He will sort you out. He will what? So, provided. Provided. You. The onus is on you 
to create the intimate friendship. If you want somebody who is higher than you to be your friend, the onus is on you. You want your father-in-law to be your friend, you are the younger one, the onus is on you to begin to create that friendship. If we want the Holy Spirit to walk with us in a certain way as our intimate friend, the onus is on us. Stand to your feet. Thank you. Hallelujah. Please go and listen to the message preached today. It will be up, KB, when? He'll put it up tonight because it will give you another dimension of the same message. You need the two ends to get, it's not even the full story, but a usable amount of the story. But for now, I want you to bow your head. Thank you very much, gentlemen. It's nice to see the pastors up here. Maybe I should leave them there for a while. Okay. You just want to pray for yourself. Holy Spirit. Lord, I need, I need to get closer to the Holy Spirit. Help me. Just help me. Just help me. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes this afternoon before we end. Before we end. Oh, Jesus. of the spirit does is to convict us of sin and to let us know of our standing with Christ allow the Holy Spirit to convict you no matter how long you've been going to church no matter what the work that you are doing if you have not given your life to Christ all is not well and it is the Holy Spirit that will convict you and that's why at times you see that your heart is even beaten or there's something in your mind saying go forward you need to go that's the voice of the Spirit and I will counsel you to obey it and so if you are here this afternoon and you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior just where you are standing lift up your right hand just where you are standing just lift it up god bless you just lift up your right hand just lift up your right hand you are saying that i need to talk i need to hear i need the holy spirit to help me lord jesus i need you lift up your right hand where you are 
just lifted. If your hand is lifted, join me. Just come to me so that we will pray together. Just come. Just come. God bless you. God bless you. Allow yourself to hear the voice of the Spirit inside you. And come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Your heart is just beating and you are wondering and you are thinking, is it me? It is you. Join them and just come. Just come. to say this prayer after me and those of you in the congregation you can help us you want to say Holy Spirit thank you for convicting me and bringing me forward this morning Lord Jesus I give my life to you I thank you for shedding your blood for me I accept your sacrifice for me I ask that you please write my name in the book of life Lord Jesus, from today, said from today, you are my savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for each one of these young ones. I pray for them that, Lord, as they have received you today, let their lives be marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit be real to them. Let him counsel them. Let them hear him and know that it's his voice and grant them the grace to obey. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.